This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Felix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill with you. Thanks for being here at Mariners Pod. Well, we have a ton to talk about in this version of the podcast. Of course, the Mariners beating the Pirates yesterday and come from behind fashion. Another big win for the Mariners. As you look at the standings and just creeping a little bit closer and closer to the Texas Rangers, Houston Astros right there as well. It's a big mess in the American League with so many teams fighting it out. And the Mariners certainly in the mix as we head into August, getting so close to August in the last two months of the season. The trade deadline right around the corner. Mariners make a move. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Also, some really fun stuff in this podcast. Aaron Goldsmith sat down with Rick Riz and just talked about his experience in Cooperstown. It's outstanding. Also, Shannon Dreher talked to Edgar Martinez about his experience in Cooperstown. And also, shifting a little bit, I talked yesterday about the 24 stories that the Mariners are running on Mariners.com and a series of videos about different aspects of Ken Griffey Jr. and his career on the field, off the field. And I'm going to play for you today. I'm going to play you the audio version, but you have got to go see the video online at Mariners.com because this is about turn ahead the clock night. And I know many of you know all about this night and have seen the jerseys and seen the story. Kevin Martinez is going to talk about, in the audio portion, he's going to talk about turn ahead the clock night. But if you have not seen the jerseys, seen what the Mariners wore that night on turn ahead the clock night in the kingdom against the Royals, you've got to go to the video and watch it. Untucked shirts, hats on backwards, silver gloves, silver shoes, the whole thing. So it's fantastic. So that comes up as well in this version of the podcast. So I hope you enjoy that. Let's get to the game, though. Felix Hernandez on the hill. His second start back off the disabled list. Uh, Rusty, as the Mariners uh, gave up four early. So Felix Hernandez gives up four runs. Mariners trailing 4 nothing, But slowly the Mariners start to creep back. And Kyle Seeger provided another big blast. The first pitch for the lefty comes home. Goody swings and smashes this high out to right field. Does it have the distance? It is up and it is gone. Up above the Clemente wall. And the Mariners tack on a run here in the top of the third right away. Number 10 for Gutierrez. And it's now 4-2 Pittsburgh. There goes Deo. Here's the pitch. Swing and this is crushed out to right field. And this game is tied. 
Kyle Seeger, home run number 20. The Mariners have tied this game up in the top of the third. Gutierrez led off with the first pitch going deep out to right, and Seeger finds nearly the same spot. Mariners four and the Pirates four. So another big one for Kyle Seeger, and you look at it now in Mariners history, he passes Jim Presley on the all-time home run list. Kyle Seeger is eighth now in Mariners history, 116 long balls. He's also hit more home runs than any other third baseman in Seattle Mariners history. So impressive stuff there from Kyle Seeger. Also, it's his 40th lefty versus lefty home run and that is second most in Mariners history now he's like 80 behind Ken Griffey Jr. but Griffey is amongst the leaders all time so there's that but already Kyle Seeger ahead of Alvin Davis, Raul Abanez, Tino Martinez go down the list of lefty hitters in Mariners history and Seeger already with 40 of them as he continues just his amazingly consistent career 20th home run over 20 home runs once again. Here's what Kyle Seeger had to say after the ball game. So the Mariners kept coming offensively, kept pouring it on, chasing Lariano, and it was capped off by Sean O'Malley. The one nothing pitch, swing and a line drive down the left field line. Marte on the run, can't get to it. It's on the track and off the wall on a couple of hops. Martin running third, he'll score. O'Malley into second. The throw in by Marte is cut off by Mercer. The shortstop, Sean O'Malley with an RBI double here in the fourth inning. Driving home Leonis Martin and the Mariners have the lead. Five to four. Sean O'Malley coming through in the clutch. So despite a tough start for Felix four runs early really settled in gave the Mariners six innings of four runs here's what Felix had to say about his start after the ball game kind of the same I mean I couldn't couldn't have good mechanics at all I was missing a lot of pitches in the middle of the plate uh, first two innings there were not after that I was trying to set it down and make good pitches change up still Still trying to get a feel for. Yeah, I'm going every pitch. I just want to get a feel. I don't have any curveball today. Um, slider was okay. Changer was up. Fastball was up. It's what you get when you you've been out for a long time. These things that you see in your work in between, it's just kind of coming along. And I got I got to have better mechanics. I got to stay back a little bit more and not going too quick. Is it frustrating right now because you don't have the feel that you normally do? A little bit, um, a little bit. I'm not, not that kind of pitcher out there. Like, you know, four runs the first two innings and then set it down. So I've got to make an adjustment. It's very similar to the last game where you, you, you got better as you went. Is, yeah. that, is that just kind of getting into the rhythm? Or? Just getting into the rhythm. I mean, have just more control of myself a little bit more. Make better pitches. Physically, everything feel the way you want it to feel right now? Or are you still? Yeah, I feel fine. I mean, i got no problems at all. It just, just ups, I gotta get out of the middle of the plate. I think with more innings, that, that, that the feel's gonna come along. You know, the yeah. Like yeah, I mean, I need to pitch a little bit more and uh, be better. Yeah, we gotta ask you about this, but now your next start is on Sunday Night Baseball for the national audience. Are you excited about that? I mean, it's another game. It's another I just gotta go out there and do my job. That's all I gotta do.
And so Felix handed it over to the bullpen, and the bullpen did a marvelous job. Edwin Diaz, Tom Wilhelmsen both had to work through some issues, but they got it done. The 1-2 swing and a miss for strike three. He came in with the curveball, and that gets McCutcheon on what looked like a super slow-mo underwater swing and miss. McCutcheon down swinging for an enormous out number one. And the eighth pitch to Marte. He swings and misses. He rips right through a 95-mile-an-hour heater from Tom Wilhelmsen. And Tom has punched out the only two men that he's faced so far. The curve and now the heat. Edwin Diaz didn't strike anybody out, but runners on second and third and nobody down and found his way through it impressively. And the Mariners go on to win game one of this brief two-game series against the Pirates. 7-4. to Zizek closes it down. The 2-2. Swing and a ground ball out to Cano at second. Charges. One-hands it. The throw to first. In time to get Marte. And this ball game is over. The Mariners win at a final score of 7-4 to over the Pirates tonight here at PNC Park. The Mariners are now 3-1 and one on the road trip and they go to 51-48 and 48 on the years. So a really solid win for the Mariners as they take game one of this brief two-game series. So far on this road trip now, three and one on the trip. They took two out of three against the Blue Jays and now have taken out the Pirates in game one of this series. Very interesting pitching matchup in the game today as the Mariners try and sweep aside the Pirates in this brief two-game series. It will not be easy. Garrett Cole, the ace of the Pirates, staff will take the ball. Although he's been a little bit rusty too. He spent some time on the DL. He's working his way back. So we'll see how much uh, of a factor that is tonight. And James Paxton, I think we're all anxious to see Paxton take the ball once again. He was lights out against the Blue Jays last time up. And the Mariners won that game on Friday against the Jays 2-1. to one. So we'll see how Paxton follows that up. But I think everybody's anxious to see Paxton take the ball. So speaking of the Blue Jays, the Mariners make a move with Toronto yesterday, trading Joaquin Benoit to the Blue Jays and getting back Drew Storen, who was DFA'd uh, while the Mariners were in Toronto. And this is a very intriguing move for the back of the bullpen. Storen has struggled this year, but he has had some monster years, been one of the elite guys in baseball in the back of the bullpen in the not-too-distant past. You look at some of the years he has put together, I mean, two years ago with the Nationals, an ERA of 1.12 out of the pen. He's had years where he saved over 40 games. He had an interesting run with the Nationals. He would spend time as the closer, and then the Nationals would go out and make a move like last year, picking up Jonathan Papelbon that would push him back in, into a setup role. But he has had some really big years for the Nationals, uh, ERAs in the mid-twos, that sort of thing. But this year it's been a struggle for him. You look at the miles per hour, down about two miles per hour from this year over last year and over some past years. But if the Mariners are able to get Drew Storen on the right track, boy, that really is a huge weapon out of the bullpen down the stretch because he is a guy when he is right he is one of the best there is in the back of the bullpen and uh, that would be huge coming down the stretch when you consider uh, that Edwin Diaz is already there in a setup role. Tom Wilhelmsen who has been outstanding 
that's coming over from the Texas Rangers, and it, we're going to hear Scott Service talk about that in just a moment, which is why I saved Service talking about the game, uh, talking about Tom Wilhelmsen and his role since coming over. It, it really adds another big arm to the back of the bullpen if they can get Drew Storen going. Last year, a 3-4-4 ERA in 58 games with the Nationals. As I mentioned the year before that, a 1-1-2 in 65 games for the Nationals. Uh, a guy that pitched at Stanford, a Pac-12 guy, and now will be pitching for the Seattle Mariners. He's put some big strikeout years together. Uh, two years ago, 67 punch-outs in 55 innings. He's a guy that can certainly strike out hitters. K's down. Uh, he's almost a, a K in inning this year, 32 strikeouts and 33 innings, but certainly watch his velocity as he comes over from the Blue Jays. Now let's get to Scott Service, not only talking about the game yesterday, but talking about Tom Wilhelmson and the role he has served since coming over. Put some escapability there, a couple guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, they certainly uh, put some guys out with nobody out in a couple different innings late in the game. And, uh, you know, Wilhelmson, great job. You know, he's really, you know, tipped my hat, come in, tough spot. You know, we're trying to get Nuno past Polanco and didn't work out. And, you know, uh, Tom came in and really slammed the door. Stuff was really good tonight, probably the best it's been since he's been here. The fastball had life, good curveball, and uh, made some really big pitches. He's given your boost since you got him. Really has. You know, I think the big thing for him was get his confidence back. Um, he's comfortable being a Mariner. Um, we're glad he's comfortable being a Mariner. So, but you still got to get people out, and um, you know, putting him in spots. Um, he's kind of been my my go-to guy, kind of my trouble guy when we've got traffic. He figures a way how to get through it because he's got experience. And it means a lot, and you want a guy out there that's not going to panic and, and just make pitches, and that's what he's done for us. Felix kind of similar to the last start where he got up slow and kind of kind of got you some innings. But. Yeah, you know, um, certainly looking for. Um, crisper, sharper stuff uh, than, than what he showed tonight early in the game. But, you know, to his credit, he hung in there. Uh, he gave us a chance, kept it right there. And our offense is really the story of tonight's game, that and, and some really good relief pitching late. So, um, you know, Felix will get better. Um, you know, it's, it's got to come out ready to go, though, in that first inning because we're not going to be able to bail him out every night. Hey, Diaz hasn't had much traffic, but when he got it tonight... Yeah, he, he hung in there. Break yeah, you know, they, they had a couple balls, Cervelli in the hole, and then, um, you know, Frazier kind of gets a ball in, in the four hole there. So, but he, he kept pitching, you know, um, and then he, once he sniffed it with two outs and he, he got real aggressive with freeze. So, uh, that's okay. You know, you're not going to strike everybody out in this league. And uh, when you don't quite have it those nights, you got to figure a way to get through it, and, and he did. Nice job. Let's go with, did you like your approach against Liriano tonight? Yeah, uh, I did. You know, he's a guy that obviously has got slider. Um, he has walked a bunch of guys this year. I think he leads the league in, in starting pitching walks per nine. And, and uh, we knew that going in the game. I thought our guys laid off some pitches there. I, you know, Seager got a big home run, I think a 3-2 breaking ball, because uh, that, that is his go-to pitch. So uh, I thought our guys were prepared offensively, and then they did a nice job. Cruz okay? You came on the double switch. Yeah, he's just not running good. You know, he fouled another ball off his leg tonight. And uh, I don't know, turn his bronze his leg or something because he's got so many bumps and bruises on it but uh, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be okay tomorrow but yeah he was not going, running good uh, first and third on the double. What are you seeing with Pitt? Sort of just up? Just step up? Or? Yeah I think you know getting into his game you know the dominant pitch for Felix certainly the last few years has been the change up and since he's come back I don't really have a good feel for that you know and it's usually a wipeout type pitch and just hasn't been there so you know trying to get through it with his breaking stuff Made some mistakes with the fastball tonight. Uh, 0-2 pitch to 
to Marte, I think early in the game, and Larry, the pitcher hits home run off him. You know, just kind of not real, not real sharp. All right, there we go. Now some fun stuff. Let's turn it over to Aaron Goldsmith. Had a chance to sit down with Rick Riz, and they talked about his experience in Cooperstown with Ken Griffey Jr. going into the Hall of Fame. Boy, Rick, we are very excited. You and I have had a chance to catch up a little bit today around the ballpark, but excited to learn more about this fantastic Hall of Fame weekend in Cooperstown. First of all, let's start with Saturday night, because from what we could tell, just looking at pictures that circulated online, that dinner that the Mariners put on for Junior looked to be spectacular in almost every way. It was an incredible show evening weekend put on by the Seattle Mariners, especially Mandy Lincoln, Kevin Martinez. Those folks did an incredible job getting everybody there and making sure everybody enjoyed a very special weekend for Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, 400 people underneath this beautiful tent at the Fenimore Art Museum and to honor Ken Griffey Jr. And all the Mariner Hall of Famers were there, of course. Jamie Moyer and Randy Johnson was there and Jay Buhner and Dan Wilson and the others, Alvin Davis. But also the other Hall of Famers came. Joe Torrey was there. Dave Winfield showed up, uh, stood next to Cal Ripken Jr. Reggie Jackson was there, talked with Reggie to honor Jr. and his day, his weekend to go into the Hall of Fame. So a beautiful dinner that night. Uh, Mandy and Kevin did such an incredible job to make sure everybody enjoyed Jr.'s enjoyment. And then, but that day, earlier that day, you had the parade of the, the current Hall of Famers and the pickup trucks going down Main Street in that beautiful little village of Cooperstown. Baseball does such a great job of honoring their heroes. And, uh, man, it was just a great celebration of the sport and to honor Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza. And they didn't disappoint. Tremendous speeches. They were very emotional. They made you cry. Uh, talking about their careers and it was just so much fun and that field the Clark Center is just an open field out there really truly is a field of dreams because the backdrop Aaron is a cornfield and, and <laughs> you know just like the movie and it's it's really something special and uh, I had the pleasure of sitting next to a friend of mine Angela and also uh, Dave Neehouse's lovely wife uh, Marilyn to enjoy uh, the ceremony and uh, I'll tell you what it was so special to to be a part of that just by being in the audience. Congratulations, Junior. And to Mike Piazza, great speech as well. You know, you bring up the Legends Parade when each Hall of Famer is in an individual truck in the bed of the truck and waves to well, the throngs of fans that have lined up since 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, to me, that is five deep. Yes, that, to me that is the best part of Hall of Fame weekend. And if a picture that I saw, if I remember correctly, it looked like Johnny Bench, the great Johnny Bench, was actually wearing his hat backwards <laughs> <laughs> as he was standing in the back back of a red pickup yeah. truck waving to the thousands of fans, of course, a, a nod to Junior. But what did you make of Junior's speech? I, I loved it. You know, talking about, uh, you know, starting off his career as a 17-year-old kid, Growing up and born in born in Denora, same hometown where uh, Stan Musial was born, but growing up in Cincinnati, growing up in the game of baseball, and talking about his family really was so touching. His father, he said, taught me the game of baseball, but he taught me to be a man. Mom was the glue for the family. She kept everything together. Dad was away. What a great mother Bertie was to him and his brother Craig, to his wife uh, Melissa, and the joy of his uh, three children, to be able to share that with his family and everybody along the way. Jay Buhner, his brother from another mother. Uh, he, he had a chance to thank so many people along the way. I loved his speech, and it's, it's documented. I knew he was going to cry. He cried 24 seconds into the speech. 
everything is 24 about number 24, <laughs> which will be retired on August 6th. So it was great to see everybody's a kid on that weekend. Kevin and I are walking down the street Saturday. Quick story. He sees a sign, Louis Aparicio signing. I go, I got to go in there. I'm 62 years old. I'm an eight-year-old kid again, six-year-old kid. You know, when I first knew Louis Aparicio, got his autograph, 40 bucks, got his autograph, and met Louis Aparicio for the very first time. Everybody, no matter for your age. For the first time? For the very first time. Kevin was there to see it. Uh, you become a kid again in Cooperstown, New York. Folks, if you're a baseball fan, you've got to go. And just so proud of Junior. I love him. Wonderful stuff. Rick, thank you for uh, for the memories from this past weekend. We all wish we could be there, but we're so happy welcome, that, that you and, and uh, Kevin and Shannon and the rest of the gang could be there. And along those same lines, here's Shannon Dreyer with Edgar Martinez. Catching up with Edgar Martinez, who was just part of a, the wonderful weekend that we had in Cooperstown. And Edgar, just, just your thoughts over the weekend in general and what it was like to be there, to see it, and to see Junior up on that stage. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, just be part of the uh, festivities and uh, also being there for the uh, induction day. Uh, it was very special. Uh, and... Uh, no, just think about all those years that you played together with some of those memories come back. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was uh, very special and very glad to be there. You had the cap on backwards. The cameras caught that. That looked wonderful. How did you think to do that? Yeah, we were talking about it when um, uh, we left the house. Uh, and I thought that was a nice touch. You know, not that wasn't my idea. It wasn't my idea, but I thought that um, that would be a good thing to do and and just uh, uh, we were very happy when when he at the end put his backwards uh, it just was uh, very uh, fitting yeah I know you got in a little bit later because you had you're doing a job right now yeah. but what were some of the things that you got to do while you were there uh, we went to uh, an area that they have that is locked down and is um, temperature control mm -hmm. uh, they have uh, a lot of artifacts from uh, the beginning of the game to today, uh, and um, some of the things that they keep there is uh, they're going to be there for many, many years to come. And it was very special to see some some of those things. Did you put the white gloves on? Were you able to like touch some of these? Things yes, yes, I had the gloves on, <laughs> and uh, uh, I guess uh, the one that I remember the most uh, it was uh, Lou Gehrig's uh, glove. But it was pretty pretty cool to see those things yeah, it's an amazing place right there no question about it now did you stay in the house with jamie moyer and, and the others yes uh jay uh dave Ali, <laughs> moyer uh dan wilson buner and i that's so, one heck of a slumber party isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it was fun it was a lot of fun to uh, spend some time with them and uh, just talk about you know the game and uh the teams that we played in a lot about junior and he was going through at the time how do you guys look at him when you're talking about him how Oh, like, I mean, we all know that he was uh, the guy, that he was the main guy with our, our team. Uh, but we were just uh, ecstatic and very happy for him. Um, at the same time, we know that he's, uh, he was extremely busy, and, and um, it's a great experience. But at the same time, it's hard because so many things that you have to do. And, and, uh, but we were so happy for him. Now, he brought up that you belong in the Hall of Fame. We've talked about this. I don't know if you heard the fans' reaction when he said that or at the end when they announced Cooperstown next year. There was the Edgar chant. I hope you heard that up front. <laughs> yeah, and it was very kind of uh, Junior to say that. Uh, but, yeah, I heard the fans chanting at the end, and uh, I was very appreciative of what they, they were doing, chanting. Uh, uh, that was cool. 
You were up at the front. What was it like to turn around and see 50,000 baseball fans? Uh, it's incredible. That you know, ceremony is, is amazing. I, I don't think it's anything like it. You, you could just see people as far as you can. I mean, it's, it's incredible uh, how many people go to Cooperstown. Lastly, a lot of people have asked me this, and, and you're closer. You know Junior quite well. What do you think this means to him? Oh, it means a lot. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that he will, you know, through the years was given too much thought of uh, being a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, those uh, knows Junior. We know how much he loved the game, and he was just happy playing the game. But uh, it means a lot, uh, and you know, you could tell with his 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 emotion got to him, uh, you could tell that he, he cares about about it, and it means a lot to him. Did you cry, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was a lot of people crying there. Who was the biggest crier amongst you guys? I, you know, I couldn't see Jay because he was to my left, but there were people in between us, but I'm sure he did, too, but uh, very emotional time. And it's funny, usually this portion of the podcast, we kind of dial it back to Mariner's history and listen to some audio for Mariner's history. Well, today, I guess we're doing the same thing. Mariner's history at the same time, flash forwarding to the future as well. And again, you got to check out 24 stories on Mariners.com because this one is fantastic. Here it is. The one about turn ahead the clock night. I remember sitting in the kingdom dugout junior came by and saying to him, what if we went into the future? What if we turn the clocks forward? He immediately bought in. Welcome back to the Kingdom. We have a very nice crowd on hand. And uh, since we're in the year 2027, what better than to have Scotty himself from Star Trek throughout the first pitch? Junior helped design uniforms, helped get the umpires on board, and really set the tone in the clubhouse for full participation. Who's this engineered by? Well, who do you think? Who do you think is a choreographer for all this? With a hatchback with you. Everything. On the day of the game, I remember walking into the clubhouse and Junior has Rico's spikes in his hands and he's spray painting them silver. And he's looking at Rico and he said, Rico, we're going into the future. Guys had silver spikes, Junior had spray painted. Junior had a silver glove for the night. He had Nike make him special shoes for the game. And Junior said, we we're also going to play the game with our caps on backwards. And if you look around the infield right now, everybody has their hat on backwards. Uh, okay. And there's a fly ball hitting the left center field gap, and there goes Junior. Makes the grab with his silver glove, his cap on backwards, and his shirt just flying in the wind. Fly ball hit fairly well into deep left center field, and Junior going back and makes the catch up against the wall. Out into that left center field quadrant. Digit 24 made a heck of a catch. With his silver glove. And uh, I remember a phone call coming into the press box. It was a producer back in Bristol, Connecticut at ESPN who just saw the catch. What the heck is going on out there? Junior. <laughs> That's tough to hit with those around your eyes, isn't it? And there's nothing wrong with that. Right off the leather of Lopez, the shortstop. Mendy couldn't come up with it. And Junior, a bullet for a base hit.